You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. that I want to share this morning is he's not slack and God not being slack says number one he's not sluggish God makes it his business to perform his word. I love to tell people that if, if God says something, whether directly or indirectly, he means exactly what he, he says. And he will bag up his revealed word. The same as he bags up his written word. God is not slack when it comes to his, his word. Slack also has to do with being negligent. And no doubt about it, God is not negligent. I said God is not negligent. If God were negligent, he wouldn't be no better than some of the folks we used to have relationships with. <laughs> Whew, I hope we no longer have a relationship with folk that are point blank negligent. Because you can become who you hang with. Remember what Paul taught the Corinthians? Uh, evil company or communication corrupts. Get this, good habits. And you know, a habit is something hard to break, but you get to hanging around the wrong type folk. They can mess you up. They have power. Again, because it's hard to break a habit. You know what I'm talking about? How many used to be chain smokers? Come on now. You used to smoke. You ain't been saved that long. Well, you don't, or you used to be liquor drinkers every day. Did something every day that had become a habit. And, and a habit is something you just can't quit on your own. You're going to need some kind of motivation, help. Is that right? So you know if hanging around folk can mess up an addiction or a habit that you don't need to hang around somebody that's negligent because the next thing you know you'll be negligent. But God is not negligent. He's not sluggish. And I love what Peter said in reference to God not being slack. I, I want to go down. Second Peter. Look at Second Peter the third chapter. 
and the ninth verse. Second Peter, back of the Bible. Second Peter, the third chapter, verse 9. If you get there before I get there, just wait on me. Ready? Second Peter 3, verse 9. Don't, don't fake on me like you in Second Peter 3 and 9 and you in Obadiah. Come on now. Don't fake on me. Second Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning, notice, his promise. As some count slackness. You know, because if somebody tells us something and they don't do it, we'll talk about it. Matter of fact, there are some people that we have actually given a time limit. They tell us they're going to do something. If they don't do it in two, three days, then we talk about them. And, and you have to be careful because, because when it comes to dealing with God, you cannot consider God's time uh, the same as human time. Because if you looked at how God does things the way man does things, you'll start trying to put God in the same category as man. See, man won't fulfill a promise because he wasn't going to do it when he told you he was going to do it. A man may not have the means to fulfill a particular promise he made. Some people can mean well when they tell you something, but they just don't have what they need in order to do what they vow to do. But that's not God. See, God owns everything. And God can do anything save fail. So if he tells you something, he's well equipped to do it. I said he's well able to do it. So don't ever make the mistake of thinking that God told you something he's not able to fulfill or not able to do. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Come here, Moses. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? So Peter warns the church here that we don't need to look at God as being slack when it comes to fulfilling his promises. See, it's certain folk that can tell us something that's in the form of a question and we don't expect anything because we know the person. We're like, oh, yeah, he done said that before. He ain't going to do nothing. You 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 know what I mean? You got some kinfolk like that probably. Or some friends like that, right? See, now, now y'all don't want to be honest. How many honest folks I got right here? Somebody that promised you something, you'd be like, he ain't going to do nothing. Because you had been down that road with that person before. True? 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 Well, see, God ain't like that. God is not like that. 
If the Lord promises you something, he's going to do it. If he promises you something, he has the means to do what he says. It does not matter if folks don't want you to have it, God will still do it. God is not slack, negligent, sluggish concerning his promises. You may say, well, God, don't seem like you're going to do it. It's been four days. Look, God is not slack. He's not sluggish. You may think it's taking a long time for you to do it. No, no, it ain't taking him no long time. God is doing it at the perfect, the exact time. You just want it when you want it because your flesh cutting up. But one of the greatest things you can do while waiting on God to bless you with what he promised to give you is wait. As reading the Bible tells us, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he'll strengthen your heart. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 10 and 35, cast not away, therefore your confidence. Why? It has great reward. When, when you're just waiting on God to do what he said, it's a blessing. When you are looking forward to God doing what he told you he was going to do, it is a blessing. And when God promises you something, the evidence of you believing that he's going to do it is, is that you are expecting it and you are exemplifying signs that you're waiting on God to manifest it. And, ju and just real simple signs like clapping your hand despite what you're going through. Turning in victory even though with your eyes you don't see no victory. Leaping for joy even though you don't feel joyous on the inside of you. You just count it all joy anyhow. How many know what I'm talking about? Bottom line, when God tells you something and you are expecting him to do what he promised, you are going to give him the glory, the honor, and the praise with your mouth, with your hands, with your body, with every part of your being. God is not slack concerning his promises. If he told you something According to the written word, he's going to do it. If he told you something according to what he revealed, he's going to do it. We have to, we have to understand this. God's written and revealed word are the same. That's according to scripture. Amos 3 and 7 said, surely the Lord God will do nothing. Unless... He revealed his secret. But when it came to his written word, he revealed his secret to his prophets. And they wrote it. But now God may not be allowing, allowing a whole lot of folks to write it. But he is allowing them to proclaim it. In the ears of his and he is going to fulfill his written and revealed word. And see, when it comes to the revealed word, the, the primary thing we have to understand about it is that the revealed word is sent 
forth in line with the written word but the reason it has to be revealed or one of the major reasons it has to be revealed is that God tailors it to whoever he's talking to God just can't give you a written word without tailoring it to who you are So he'll tell you that the truth will make you free according to John 8, 31 and 32. But then he will reveal through a rhema how he going to make you free. But as people of God, we have to be to the point to where we know whether, whether God said it in his written or revealed word. That he's going to fulfill his promise. Because God is not slack. When it comes to his promises. I want to finish this verse. Because notice again what Peter says here. In 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness. But is long suffering. Toward us. Not willing that any should perish. But all should come to Repentance. Repentance says that you have now put yourself out of the picture uh, in that you are no longer fighting God's will, but you are submitting to his will. When you repent, it says that your mind is in the place that it needs to be. Your words are in the place that they need to be. And your Actions are in the place that they need to be. You have made a complete change, a turnaround. And so you're believing God despite what your flesh is saying. You're believing God despite what others are saying. Simply because you have changed, you have had a change of heart to the point to where you have left what the naysayers and others, and again, your flesh has been saying, and you're now in line with the written and revealed will of God. And so you're looking at God to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And you have to be in the right place. You have to be in a place to where you're God conscious. Because some things God tells you he's going to do are mind-boggling. Now, you give God glory for where you are right now. But when God told you you were going to be where you are right now, It was hard for your human mind at the time to receive it. You were like, me? House? Me? With all this? You couldn't see it. Because God told you something that folks said would never happen to you. God told you something that that wasn't even part of your wildest dreams. But you have to remember that that God spoke through Paul letting the church know, I'll do what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard. 
gift. And some of us, that's our testimony. That's our testimony. If somebody would have told you while you were at the club, drunk out of your mind, didn't have but a dollar and 32 cents in your pocket, that it was going to come a time to where you were going to have a pocket full of money, you were going to have several houses, you were going to have a car to drive for every day of the week, you would have told that person, you done lost your mind, what in the world you've been smoking, what in the world you've been snoring, but it took God doing it. Why? Because he honors his word. Whether written or revealed. God going to use you. And when somebody tell you that and you looking at your situation, me? And see, it's scripture. When the angel or the messenger of God showed up to Gideon and, and Gideon knew the written word, but then the angel revealed the word of God to him, tailored it to his situation. Say, Gideon, you are a mighty man of God. Me? Don't you know I'm hiding right now? From the Midianites, I'm afraid right now because of it. But the angel didn't change his word. You are a mighty man of God. And the season he was in was saying anything but him being a mighty man of God. It's just like the day and time we're living in right now. It's hard for even some saints to understand better and bigger a hill because their eyes are on the wrong thing. That's the reason you have to trust God at his word. You have to get your eyes off of what you see. Because as a child of God, we have been told, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk not by sight. But what? Faith. Faith. What God said, better is here, better than that. Yeah, he didn't just say it. It was a promise. It was a promise. Not just a saying. A promise. But if you got Gideon mentality, you may have to be preached to two or three times before you believe it. The angel went from one message to another message until finally Gideon got, got it in his being and started realizing despite the season, despite who he was as a person, that God was going to use him to fulfill his will. And you have to understand what you're going through right now. God is going to take it and he's going to get glory from your life. He's going to let folks see in you. Better is him. God is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness. You can never put God in the category wealth people. Isaiah said his ways are not as the ways of man. 
Neither are his thoughts as high as the heavens are from the earth. So are his thoughts. So are his ways. And that's where your mind has to be when God talks about better and bigger coming your way. See, we only look at God doing it through a job. But see, God don't, God don't need man's methods to bless you. Even though he told you to work. God can do beyond what man can do. If he could only do what man could do, he would just be man. But God is God. And when it comes to God in the absolute sense, there's only one. And he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so you have to understand, God, when he tells you or promises you something, you need to be in expectation for it. Whether it's a healing, deliverance, money, does not matter. If he promises you something, you need to expect it. I don't care what report is put in your face. You still expect God to do what he promised. Let's take it a little further. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Verse we quote all the time, but we're going to examine this verse today. 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 20. Paul said to the church, For all the promises of God, all, every one of them, from Genesis to Revelation. Because see, if all of the promises were not yes and amen, he would be just like your cousin. Because see, your cousin may, may promise you ten things and do two of them. Oh, we do that. We can promise folks 17 things and do five. Because guess what? We don't have the means to do all. But if God promises you 20,000, all of them going to happen. God ain't going to show up and say, hey, look, I know I told you. By Friday, I was going to be able to do it. But guess what? I ain't going to be able to do it. No, that, that's not God. Get that out of your head. All of the promises of God, notice, in him are, yes. in him, amen. Yes. It's going to happen. Amen. So be it. Let it begin. And when the amen comes, that means it's going to be instantly or process. Whether God decides to do it instantly or through process, he's going to do it. See, see, some of us think that time hands are laid on us. We should get our healing right then. That ain't how God works. God will do some things instantly and some things through process you just have to understand if God said it is so whether it manifests right away 
or down the road. God is still God. Simply because all of his promises are yes and amen. But he goes on as he finishes the verse. I'm going to read the entire verse. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God. Notice, through us. When God promises you something, you're going to see his glory. His triumph. His glory represents his triumph. But his glory also represents his process. You're going to see God get the glory for doing what he told you he was going to do. And if he has set the process up in five stages, every stage you're going to see his glory. Every stage, you're going to see his glory. God can tell you, I'm going to bless you financially. And you're looking for the million dollars to come instantly, but it don't happen like that. But, but then, all of a sudden, you, you need some money on Friday, and your check just won't do it. But then, God sends somebody your way and drops exactly what you need. Guess what? He'll go to process. He'll go to process right here. I'm in stage one. He'll go to process. But if you don't understand that, you, you will wonder or even question whether or not God is going to do what he promised you he would do. You done prayed and said, God, I really need you to heal me. And you thinking God going to send something down and, and, and it's going to go from your crown to the sole of your feet and you're going to feel it. You're going to shake three times and you're going to be completely well. But God say, no, I got to take you through a doctor because it's a doctor that don't think I'm real, but I'm going to use you to show that doctor that I'm real and I'm so real. I'm going to let him see. That's what's happening in his office is bigger than him. And so the doctor examining you and doing things, but, but his mind is boggled because all of a sudden what's happening to you is not what he expected based upon his textbooks. Well, Miss So-and-so, I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't expect this, but I got some good news for you. God is causing the process to unfold in the doctor's office. His glory is being revealed. Not just to you. But to the doctor. He's amazing himself. Sitting there knowing I was thinking it was going to be that. How she get like that? But you had told him you was trusting God. And so now that's in his mindset. God going to get the glory. 
He promised you it, but you got to let him do it his way. You got to let him do it his way. And you got to remember again, all of the promises of God in him are. And amen. I remember wondering if, if we were going to have a meal on a particular day. Wasn't that in the refrigerator? Wasn't that in, in, in the freezer that somebody gave to us? Even though it had a, a little rough spot in the bottom and it leaked every now and then, so we had to put a little something, something down there to catch the water. But wasn't that in it? But God said it's going to be full. Ain't full right now, but it's going to be full. <laughs> Woo, you ever open up something that God said he was going to feel and it was empty? We're going to get a meal this evening, Lord. Little baby girl in there, we're going to get a meal. Four or five hours later. Growling stomach. Some of y'all know what it is to be hungry and that stomach start cutting up, trying letting you know, hey, we got to have something. You ain't fasting, we got to have something. <laughs> Deacon Curtis Gamble came to the side door. Preacher! Preacher! Brother Curtis, what you doing here? I got something for you. Had three boxes, three boxes of meat. Woo! He'll go process. He'll go process. He'll go process. Back then, I wasn't on no strict diet. I was just like, "Hey, what you got? I got you some pork chop. Whole box of pork chop." Got you some ham steak and some T-bone steak. Well, come on in. We'll just put them in the freezer and leak it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The process. Empty, looking for a meal, and here come three boxes of meat. No vegetables to eat with the meat that particular evening, but had some meat. No bread to eat with the meat on that particular evening, but had some meat. Say your name. It's a process. I'm going to fill them walk. Now I got a freezer full. Got three refrigerators in the house. Yeah, I said three. Every one of them got something in it. That's something in it. Three refrigerators. What do you need with that many? Well, when, when he send it good measure. Press. Shaker. Running. What you going to do? Well, it seems like you ought to be get, I give away. I give away stuff. Don't ever think that. 
but it be stuff coming all the time. Stuff coming all the time. You hear me? Because if God makes you a promise and you expect the promise, it's going to happen. All of the promises of God in him are and amen. But say to your neighbor, he's going to do it his way. Which brings me to our main text. And the psalmist said, as for God, his way is perfect. It's without error, without fault, without sin. When it comes to his way, it lacks nothing. It's all mapped out. All you have to do is just stay in the way. All you got to do is just stay in the way. Don't add to. Don't take away. Just stay in the way. Walk, I'm going to bless you. Well, Lord, do I? No, hey, you ain't got to try to fix nothing for me, walk. Just stay in the way. Because some folks like to try to help God. You can't help God out. Just do what he tells you to do and expect him to manifest what he promised. Because his way is perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. And, and, and the thing that I had to learn is, is that sometimes it, it does not look like it's going to turn out the way he said it. See, that, that's just the picture that the enemy or your flesh paints. Jesus said point blank in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. What I told you, Walker, is not going to fail. Say to your neighbor, written and revealed. It's not going to fail. It's not going to fail. See, God's way equates truth. And see, according to John 8, 31 and 2 in part, truth primarily does one thing in that, according to that verse, frees you. It frees you. See, see, when you got truth in you, what, whatever is trying to hold you down, it, it just don't have the power to do it. The truth makes you free. The truth creates for you what you need in order to get out of your dilemma. I was in a financial dilemma. I needed food. I was in a dilemma. And and the check, the check didn't have the power to do it, but truth did The spoken word, the truth had the power to do what check money couldn't 
do. Money can answer things, but money cannot do what truth can do. Truth makes you free. It frees you. Well, it ain't nothing we can do, Mr. Walker, uh, because you just your, your credit just so shy. Well, the truth going to do it. You can't give me the car because you're looking at the paper, what it's saying on paper. But truth untold me, I'm going to get it. You telling me to come back in two years and you'll be able to help me. I ain't going to have to come back in no two years because truth done told me something was going to happen this month. Not even, not even later on in the year, this month. Month. So you telling me to come back next year? No, I ain't expecting next year. No, I'm expecting now. Why? That's what truth told me. Say to your neighbor, truth will make you free. If something got you bound right now, all you need to do is start thinking, talking, and doing the truth, and that thing will have to loose his hope. Some of y'all that like you ain't never read, John. 8, 31, 32. Let's go there. Y'all stay with me. This is, this is just, a, just a quick stop. Because some of y'all looking like you don't know what I'm talking about. Let's go to John 8, 31. And 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? Make you free. Not set you free, make you free. It's going to create something. You're going to get a creative miracle. That's the reason just one word can make the difference in a passage. You have so many folks talking about set free. No, make free. Create a way out of no way. That's what God does. They, they were in the desert. The children of Israel were no water out there. Wasn't no lake. Wasn't no pond. Wasn't no stream. But they had truth. And truth messed around and revealed to Moses, look, all you have to do is take this stick and do such and such and you're going to get some water. Took a stick and caused enough water to come forth where over a million folk were able to drink water in the desert. And you don't think God can show up and, and bless a few hundred folk like us? We just have to believe that his way is perfect. And everything he promised he's going to do. As for God, his way is perfect. It's flawless. And, and man, I used to mess up. God, I used to mess up. God used to tell me something. And I'd be going through the process, and, and in my mind, I feel like, well, maybe if I do such and such, uh, it'll just work out. And I get off the path, get out of the way, <laughs> step over here, and, and it seems like it's working, and, and, and then run into something. You know why? Because it's not what God said. 
His way is perfect. I don't think I'm the only one that has been guilty to where God has told you something. But, but because you didn't like the process, you got off the path. I'm telling you from experience because I don't want you to go through the same thing. Stay on the path. His way is perfect. It's perfect. Just stay there. You intelligent, you smart, and I know you graduated cum laude. Maybe even summa cum laude. But his way is perfect, not yours. Finna drop something on you. Let's go to Psalm 77. I'm finna drop it, Lord. Just like you told me. Psalm 77, verse 13. The psalmist said, your way, oh God, is in the sanctuary. Your way is in your sacred house. Your way is in the place where your rhema, your revealed word is proclamated to your people. That's Bible. Your way is in the sanctuary. Not any sanctuary. Has to be God's house. It has to be a place where you sense the presence and the power of God. Has to be the place where the Holy Spirit is in charge. Why is that? Because Jesus sent him. And said to the church, he will guide you well, into all truth. Truth makes free. He's going to be the one that's going to reveal to you what you need to think, say, and do. He's going to guide you again into all truth. John 16, 13. Church ain't just a building. If it's God's, it's a sacred place. But see, sanctuary, the root is not just sacred. The root is also safe. So it's a sacred place which equates God's house. But it's also a safe place 
which equates a refuge, a place of protection. See, God gives us a word that will protect us from what? Danger. Seen, unseen. Heard, and even things you don't even hear. God protects his children. How? Through his written and revealed word. Church just ain't church for us. We come to get a word. When we come in the house, we are expecting a word. Not just from the preacher. The preacher may have the primary word, but, but your brother or sister that you just having a casual conversation with, all of a sudden, he or she could just say something, and there you have your word. The MC, the announcer, the one that's receiving the offering can say something, and all of a sudden you have your But the primary word is going to come through the prophet of the house. Because God himself said, Amos 3 and 7, Surely I will reveal nothing unless I do something through my servant, the prophet. But this is the thing. If you're going to be blessed in the sanctuary through the word of the prophet, you have to remember 2 Chronicles 20 and 20, which says this in the last sentence. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So Shall you prosper? Pastor says some stuff that it's just hard to grab. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. Think, think about it this way. Think about where you were. And since God's words, where you are right now. You are a product of revelation. You are a product of revelation. A product of God's written and revealed word. Where did you get it? In his sanctuary. I'm not saying you can't get a word outside these four walls. You can. You can get a word at the grocery store. But God is the one that set up his church. Specifically for his people to receive a word. A word. And, and, and I love the fact that you ain't got to take my word for nothing. All, all you have to do is, is listen to God use me to reveal his word that's going to always be in line with the written word. And receive things that, that are even hard to understand. Knowing that if God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. And don't consider God just as a normal person. Again, Isaiah 55. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But again, look at Psalm 77 and 13. Look at it. As I get ready to close it. Your way, oh God, is in the sanctuary. 
And look at the conclusion that he asks. Who is so great a God as our God? God reveals some great things in the sanctuary. And you can't hardly tell some folk what God is telling you that he's doing in, in particular seasons. For be as you, what, what preacher, preacher about today? Better is here and better is coming. What? Better is here and better is coming. What pastor preach about today? God is going to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He didn't say nothing about such and such. No, he just letting us know the season that we're in. He ain't getting political. You know the election. No, he ain't no political preacher and he ain't no religious preacher. He a God-ordained word preacher. Last scripture. Let's go to Proverbs. But God's way is where? And when it comes to his way, his way is? I got to pray about what pastor said. You ain't got to pray about it if you follow it and know it's according to the written word of God. You just got to put it into action. Bible never say go pray about it when it comes to that word. No. It, but it does say, don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the word. Well, I know you go hear your preacher, but I can get it for myself. No, you don't know scripture. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says in part, how shall they hear without what? A preacher. How are he going to preach except he done been sent? And then folks that you know God called me over. No, that ain't sin in the Bible. Sin in the Bible equates anointed, appointed of God. Why? Because you need a preacher that live, live by faith and proclamates faith. Why he need to live by faith and proclamates faith? Because when it comes to God's word, the true sent preacher understands faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Why is faith so important? The victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. Some things you're going to only be able to defeat because of the word God I'm put on the inside of you. Medicine won't be able to defeat it. Your money won't be able to defeat it. The only thing that will be able to conquer certain things is the faith that God has put on the inside of you. God will use you in that doctor's office to the point to where the doctor can be talking negative, but, you, but you're saying, Doc, just do what you got to do because God going to cause this thing to work. Only to show the doctor that God is using you to help him understand the significance of the power of God. How I many understand it? This is very 
very important. Somebody should already be saying, I'm going to get a testimony out of this. Proverbs, Proverbs 10, Lord have mercy. Let me close. Proverbs 10. Now, you know, Proverbs is just right next door to Psalm. So don't try to turn real quick and find yourself in Matthew. But Proverbs 10 and 29. The way of the Lord is strength. But notice for who? The upright. Upright equates just. Folks that are just. The way of the Lord is strength to just folk. His way. His way is strength. Two things you need to understand about strength. That should encourage us to stay in God's way. Number one, strength coming from God will empower you to think, talk, and do according to God's word despite your struggles challenges or whatever you may go through see see, there are certain things you go through in life you're going to have to have divine power child of God God will allow you to go through things you can't go through certain things like sinners go through them you got to go through them Knowing that God is empowering you to go through. Don't ever put your same in, don't ever put yourself in the same category as a sinner. See, one thing that's fighting against a sinner is that a sinner, as long as that person is a sinner, that person is in death. That's just point blank. Why is that? Romans 6 and 23. The wages of sin is death. Don't ever say, well, me and her, we going through the same thing. No, that's a sinner right there. And a sinner is operating in death. The wages of sin is? But then God say, I got a gift for you. But if your mouth says that you are in the same place as that sinner, you killing yourself. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life in what? Power of the tongue. God empowers you, child of God, to think, talk, and do. Despite difficulties, troubles, trials, or such. How many understand that? He empowers you. It's just like somebody can have more knowledge than you, but because you got God in your life, God will give you knowledge to deal with that person, even though that person is trying to get over on you. God won't allow it to happen. Why? He done empowered you to deal with it. 
Second thing strength represents. Better. The way of the Lord is going to be strength for the upright. That means it's going to make you better. If you just stay in the way, you're going to become better. You can't stay poor if you get in God's way. You can't stay poor. Whether we're talking financial or some other aspect, you can't stay there if you get in God's way. If you've been saved for years, but, but you're still struggling like you were before you got saved, it's something you've been doing wrong. <laughs> you, ain't been doing, you ain't been staying in the way the way you need to. It's something you've been doing. There's no way you can stay in this way. And your life not be changed for the better. No way. If someone says, well, I want to, I'm going to get saved before I die, so I want to go to hell. I said, look, you need to get saved now so your life can be better. You got folk that think, you know, their life get worse when they get saved. So they're going to try to get, do that little deathbed thing and get saved at the last minute. At least that's what they think that's, they're doing. But you get saved because your life going to get better. Oh, I can give you scripture to back that up. John 10, 10. Jesus said, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I came. Why? That you might have life. And that more abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to stay in his way. Because his way is perfect. And I'm done.